This morning we invite you back to the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. And we're going to be reading the first 11 verses for your hearing this morning. Isaiah chapter 40. And we'll be reading verses 1 through 11. Beginning with verse number 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she is received of the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough place plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, that bringeth good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength, Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and His arm shall rule for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him, and His work before Him. He shall feed His flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with His arm, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of these verses uh, this morning. This morning we want to continue on with that of our study here uh, in Isaiah, and in particular uh, Isaiah chapter uh, 40. Last week uh, we didn't get very far in that of our study. We only covered the first uh two verses we hope to get a little bit further uh, today uh, in the study of uh, the chapter which is before us. We will be considering verses 1 and 2 again just a little bit uh, so that we can uh, once again uh, understand uh, that of uh, the context uh, of that of our verses uh, here. The first thing that we want to consider is that of the background uh, to uh, that of our study this morning. Uh, as we said last week, the book of Isaiah uh, is divided into two parts. Uh, the first part is chapters 1 through 39. Uh, and in those chapters, uh, we have uh, the account of the controversy which the Lord uh, had with that of His people, and in particular, uh, Judah. Uh, and Jerusalem being uh, the capital uh, of, of Judah, uh, this being the southern kingdom. And 
Uh, it was in Jerusalem uh, where the temple was. It was in Jerusalem where uh, God uh, revealed Himself uh, uh, there in the temple. Uh, there was the northern kingdom which uh, was made up of ten tribes. Uh, and during the time of Isaiah's uh, prophesying, uh, that northern kingdom, those ten tribes, uh, they did go into captivity uh, and went off uh, the scene. But Judah uh, remained, even though uh, she was in rebellion uh, against the Lord. The Lord uh, was still dealing uh, with her. And that's the account that we have uh, basically in the first section of the book. Now, some writers, they bring out that actually it's chapters 1 through 35, and then chapters 36 and through 39 uh, are historical, uh, giving us the account of that of the prophecy concerning uh, the southern kingdom uh, and uh, the captivity that would come uh, unto them. And uh, those chapters are historical. uh, And we will take note of that in just a minute. Uh, The second division of the book, of course, starts with chapters 40 and chapter 40, and it goes on to the very end of the book. Uh, And in saying that there's two divisions, we would emphasize that we don't believe that there was two writers to the book of Isaiah. We believe that there was only one author to the book of Isaiah, uh, and that was Isaiah himself. Uh, so we don't believe in that of two Isaiahs, uh, or two books of Isaiah with different uh, authors. Now, at the end of Isaiah, the first book, in chapter 39... And beginning with verse number 5, it says, Then said Isaiah to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store until until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away and shall they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. He said, Moreover, for there shall be peace and truth in my days. Now, if you remember the very beginning part of Isaiah, Isaiah gives us the kings or the period of time in which he prophesied, and Hezekiah was the very last king uh, of which... uh, Isaiah prophesied uh, under. And so, as we look at this 39th chapter, Isaiah, he's prophesying. It's in the reign of Hezekiah. And the very last word that we get uh, from Isaiah in the first section uh, uh, is to that of Hezekiah that the southern kingdom is going to go into uh, that of captivity. Uh, and that Babylon uh, will be the nation that will bring them uh, into captivity. As we come into the 40th chapter where we are uh, doing our study, uh, we have that of chapters which deal with the 
children of Israel or the Jews in captivity and in these chapters we have Isaiah prophesying it's with regards to those captives and the message of God unto them. Now, as we said last week, it's a little bit, you know, it seems a little bit strange uh, as we think about it. Here we have Isaiah. He's prophesying. He's prophesying with regards to those who are going to be in captivity in Babylon. So the message is for those who are going to be in Babylon. Those who are going to be the captives there in Babylon. Now, as we come to our verses here this morning, in verses 1 and 2, which we covered this mor- uh, covered last week, we have the message of comfort. The message of comfort. Verse 1, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she is received of the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. The chapter here begins with that of a command. The command is, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. And the speaker here is none other than God Himself or Elohim. The one whom uh, is the one who is the speaker in Genesis chapter one, as we said uh, last week, the one uh, that we read of in Genesis one one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and uh, the earth. The one who spoke and said, "Let there be light," and there was light. The one uh, who said, "Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion." over the fish of the sea. In other words, uh, there in that verse, we have God, God in Trinity. God in Trinity. We have the triune God there in the book of Genesis chapter 1. And that triune God that we have in Genesis 1 is the same God who is speaking here in Isaiah chapter 40 verse number 1 as He gives the command for that of comfort. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Now, we would ask who is being spoken to. And we would draw your attention to that of the verb here. Because it gives some light upon that of the subject here. You say, well... It's the Lord who is speaking. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Yes, Elohim is the one who is giving the command. The command to speak comfort unto that of the people. But if you look at the word comfort here, the verb, you find that it is a second person plural. So the command is being given to that of more than just one person, but rather that of a plurality of individuals. 
Comfort ye, comfort ye, or you and plural, comfort. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. And so, in light of this, we would say to you that not only do we have Isaiah the prophet here, but other prophets who are being commanded here, or commissioned, you might say, uh, that are being commissioned, called upon to comfort the people who are in captivity in Babylon. To give them the message of comfort, that of consolation here. So we have the eternal, almighty, sovereign God giving a command, a commission unto Isaiah and other and the other prophets to comfort the people of God here. Now you say, what could have been? Who could have been some of the other prophets? Well, as we said last week, Daniel for one. Daniel was a prophet, and he was one that was in captivity in Babylon. Now, what is the command? The command is to comfort or to console. The word comfort here has the meaning to alleviate sorrow or distress, to encourage, to console. And this message is being proclaimed or is to be proclaimed to my people. My people saith your God. Oh, what words, beloved. My people. Not just any people. No, beloved. The message is to go to that of my people, saith your God. A special people. A people of the Lord. My people, saith your God. The language of covenant. The language of covenant relationship here is set before us here in these words. The covenant, ye shall be my people and I shall be your God. What is is the Lord telling these dear people here, these ones who are in captivity? He's telling them, I have not forgotten you. I have not forgotten the covenant that I made with you as my people. You may have forsaken me, but I have not forsaken you. That's what he is telling them. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she is received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. What is is the message? It's a message of comfort. And it's a message of forgiveness. A message of pardon. Note there in verse number 2. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished that her iniquity is pardoned. The days of darkness, they have been completed. They're they're over with. Your iniquity has been pardoned. Your sins have been paid for. God had taken care of their sins. Their sins had been taken care of. And of course, later on in the book of Isaiah, in these next 26 chapters, he's going to give us, he's going to give the details about how that sin has been taken care of. 
or would be taken care of. So the message of comfort, the message your sins have been taken care of, have been forgiven. Oh, beloved, I ask you, have you heard that message? Has that message of forgiveness, free forgiveness, come to you, come to that of your heart? We pray that it has. In verse number three, says the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The next message that is set before us here is a message of preparation. A message of preparation. And we would likewise, like we ask questions about that of the first two verses, ask questions with regards to these next few verses. Who is speaking here in these verses? Who is being spoken to and what is the subject that is before us here? Well, let's begin with that of the question, who is the speaker? We're told in verse number three that a voice, that the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. We're told of that of a voice here. A voice crying in the wilderness. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. But we're not given any information about the voice. We're just told here a voice, a voice, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. Who is this voice? Whose voice is it? What we would say to you that it's only as we come to the New Testament that we learn of the ones who is spoken of here. The voice of the one who is spoken of here. And that is none other than that of John the Baptist. What is interesting is as we go to the New Testament, in all four Gospels, reference is given to the passage that is given to us here in Isaiah chapter 40. In Mark or Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, we have reference made. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. 
Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and John chapter 1, verses 19 through 23. Dan read from Mark chapter 1 this morning at the beginning of our service. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair, and with a girdle of a skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey. Now, the other accounts that are given to us in Matthew and in Luke and also in John gives us some of the same information that we find here uh, in the Gospel of Mark. But what we would draw your attention to, particular in Mark, is how that Mark begins. It says, the beginning of the Gospel, or the good news of or concerning Jesus Christ. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Mark, as he begins his gospel, his good news concerning Jesus Christ, he ties his gospel back to that of the account that is given to us here in Isaiah chapter 40. Not only Isaiah chapter 40 does he tie his gospel to, but in that first part of Mark chapter 1, where it says, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger. There we have a prophecy that comes to us from the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. Both prophecies in Malachi and also here in Isaiah are prophecies that are fulfilled in that of John the Baptist. Now, both had good news. Both had good news. It was good news concerning the Lord. The beginning of the Gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ. Behold, I send my messenger, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. As we think of John the Baptist, who both of these prophecies are concerning, we know from the accounts that are given to us in the Gospels that John came forth out of the wilderness. He was one that was a rugged looking man. 
And He was one who came forth calling upon men to repent of their sins, telling them about the Lord and His coming. As we think of Isaiah and what we have in the New Testament, in Isaiah, Isaiah is prophesying to those captives in Babylon, the generation of Jews at that time is what this message is, who this message is for initially. A message of the Lord's coming, a message to prepare for the Lord's coming. John in his day, in the actual day, there in the Gospels, we see him calling upon men to repent and to prepare for the Lord is coming. So there's, there's the relationship between that of what we have here in Isaiah chapter 40 and what we have in the Gospels. It's the good news of the Lord. The good news of the Lord's coming. The good news that the Lord, that He is true to His Word. As we think of the message of the Old Testament, what is the predominant message that is progressively progressively given to us throughout that of the Old Testament. It begins in Genesis chapter 3. And as we end with that of Malachi, it hasn't been fulfilled yet. And there's 400 years of silence before we come to the time when it is fulfilled. But the message, beloved, is that there is one who's going to come. That promised one. None other than the Lord Himself in that of human flesh that He's going to come and He's going to be victorious over sin and Satan, the devil. That He's going to give His life for His people to pay their sin debt. That's the progressive message that is given to us as we go through the Old Testament. As we studied there in Sunday school this morning of the sacrifices, all of those sacrifices all pointed to the one that was going to come, the Messiah, the anointed of God, and what he would do. We sang that song in our service earlier this today. Lamb of Glory speaks of that of the story. That kings and prophets heard that there would be a sacrifice and that blood would be shed. Isaiah, here, the voice, it's the voice of the prophet. Prophet, in particular, we know fulfilled in, in, in the Gospels other than John the Baptist. 
Isaiah here is a prophet. He's prophesying. And the Lord gives this prophecy unto him. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. You know we have again command. Two of them. The first one is found in that word prepare. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The second command Make, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The message is the Lord is coming. Prepare. Prepare. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. You'll note the word Lord there is in capitals. Jehovah is the one who is being spoken of here. And what's interesting is, as we look over in the New Testament, as John the Baptist speaks unto the people, he says, Isaiah spoke this, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, Jehovah. And he was speaking of none other than that of the Lord Jesus. He came as a forerunner. He came as that of one who was preparing the way and who was blowing the trumpet and laying out the red carpet for the Lord to come. And calling upon the people, the Lord's coming prepared for Him. Prepare ye the way of the Lord make straight in the desert a highway of our God. Every valley shall be exalted in every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places be made plain. The idea here in verse number 4 is a further elaboration on that of verse number 3. And as you uh, would think of here in Isaiah, the Jews, they're, they're off in Babylon. And they're going to return back to that of Jerusalem. And as they return back to Jerusalem, the road that they tread upon is going to be a rough road. But the Lord is going to lead them. Verse number 5. What a glorious verse. And the glory of the Lord, Jehovah, shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The glory of the Lord. And in the Old Testament, the glory of the Lord has been revealed several times upon several occasions in that of the cloud. God's glory has been manifested or revealed. In Numbers, 
was Numbers chapter, not Numbers chapter 16, Exodus chapter 16 or 17, we have the children of Israel and they're, uh, they've complained about that of food to eat and the Lord provides food for them to eat and His glory is revealed. His glory is revealed when the temple is built and it's set apart, consecrated. When we come to the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, in the Gospel of John, In verse number 14, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, or tabernacled among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of Him and cried, saying, This was He of whom I spake. He that cometh after Me is preferred before Me, for He was before Me. And of His fullness have all we received in grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. The Word was made flesh and tabernacled among us. Yes, beloved, indeed, as we're told here in Isaiah, Chapter 40, verse 5, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. It was revealed. It was revealed in that of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God manifested in the flesh. God come to earth in human flesh. What I want you to see here is the one that is spoken of in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 5. The Lord, Jehovah. John tells us this is none other than Jesus Christ. God. God manifested in the flesh. The great I am. Now I would close this morning by asking you, as we consider the two messages of these first few verses, the message of comfort your iniquity has been pardoned the message of preparation prepare the Lord is coming the Lord hasn't forgotten I would ask you do you know that your sins are forgiven have you been comforted that your sins have been forgiven
Are you ready for the Lord? John called upon the people in his day to prepare. To repent. The Lord was coming. To repent and to believe the message. The message of the world. Have you repented of your sins and trusted in the Lord? Are you looking for Him? Are you looking for the Lord to come? Oh, John, Isaiah there was a voice. The voice speaking there spoke of that of John and the people of his day and of the Lord's first coming. He has come. And we would say to you that He's going to come again. He's going to come again. He's going to come for His people. It won't be. It won't be as He came the first time. No, He'll be coming in all of His glory the second time. Are you ready for Him? Alright, on the back of your bulletin we have an old hymn. Jesus paid it all. Let's stand and we'll sing.
Lamb of God, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Father, we are thankful that we heard the good news that He accomplished in our place. Father, we praise you for this. Any other questions? 